Mr. Burton. The astrology of you. What does that mean? Come and join us on Uplift today. We'd love to share some info. Joining you from Perth in Australia and from the other side of the world, got these two amazing gentlemen here with me. Firstly, my beautiful co-host Neil Russell, thanks for joining us today. Wonderful to be with you, Sarah. It's just I'm just really excited because there's so many synchronicities that have happened in the world to have Jim here today. So it was just really exciting. And as Sarah said, my name is Neil Thrussell. I'm the co-host of The Uplift. I am an author. I am a wannabe athlete. And I am an author. And I'm so excited to have Jim on this show with us. Thank oh, you. I'm excited too. Jim is joining us from Sonoma County in Northern California in the States, and he's got a lot to share. But first, let's just say hi. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. It's a real privilege. Thank you. You're, you're so welcome. We've, we've named the show The Astrology of You. I'm curious, what on earth does that mean? Can you shed some light? You know, there's... There's so many different systems of astrology in the world. Um, every culture has its astrological systems. And um, so I just gravitated toward Western tropical astrology, which is the kind of astrology that's most known in the world. There's also Vedic, Celtic, African, Chinese, Polynesian. All the cultures have their own way of synchronizing and harmonizing their lives with the stars. But the astrology of you is, you know, my approach is self-realization, maximizing one's potentials in this life, in the here and now. Um, I don't market myself as an astrologer who makes precise predictions. But the interesting thing about that is the vast majority of my clients, when I come in contact with them later down the track after a reading, they invariably say something like, mate, everything you said in the reading, it happened. And I'm like, cool. You know, there's a diff bunch of different ways I can explain how that happens, but all I know is that it works and that my focus is on maximizing my clients' potentials in their life, you know, getting after what they want to do in life, minimizing the delays and the obstacles and the restrictions and the hiccups and the speed bumps along the way. So it's really about person-centered astrology. Cool. And as I alluded to, is, there was. Is that what's. Go. <laughs> go now. As I alluded to, there was quite the synchronicities for, for uh, Jim to 
to to be here on the show. I at the last minute chose to attend a conference, which was 14 hour drive away from me. So I went and drove there and I stayed in this particular hotel and went to the conference. And on the first day, I am seated right next to Jim. And in my view, we got along great and it was wonderful and everything. And then we spent we we parted ways. The day was done. The next morning, I'm in for breakfast, and I'm like, "This guy looks familiar, Jim." <laughs> and uh, we discovered quite by accident, happen chance, that we were in the same hotel, and because we've got along and had such a great bond, Jim was supposed to go running, but he forsake his run because we had. Too much of this going on. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and, and thanks to you, Neil, you gave me a ride to the conference that morning. And, yeah. and the next morning. Yeah. So, so you talk about uh, the astrology that you just mentioned. So what is that? What is, what is, in a simple definition, what is astrology? It's a system of correspondences. The whole universe that we live in is nothing but a bunch of energies. Um, there's stellar energies being radiated off individual stars. I'm going to do this so I can just look into the, into the camera. There's stellar energies. There's galactic energies. We actually have a galactic center of our Milky Way galaxy, right? They say that in one split second, our sun, which is a star, emanates more solar energy that could it could power the entire world civilization for i don't know it's a long time in one second if we could harness all that energy so there's stellar energies right there's wavelengths there's the electromagnetic spectrum coming off the stars and then i like to say that the planets act like step down transformers of this energy much like tidal barriers break the energy of the sea so that you can have a safe harbor. You can have a marina for boats to come in and park. They, they make a breakwater, right? And so the, the energy of the waves coming in off the sea hits that breakwater and is diverted. And so as the planets make their orbits around the sun, it forms these geometric grids of energy. And each planet is also reflecting and emanating its own energies. And so the moment we take our first breath, when we're born, there is a, a very unique pattern of stellar, planetary, comets, asteroids. Everything is setting up almost like a grid-like network of electromagnetic energies, radiant energy, harmonics, frequencies, wavelengths. There's so it's the stuff Nikola Tesla talked about a lot. Yeah. But your your birth chart is a snapshot of that energetic print, that imprint. And it, it, it turns out that it's like a script or a screenplay for your life. It's really far out. Hmm. Curious to me why that date wasn't conception date and when it's your birth. Do you have an answer for that one? There is a branch of astrology that does the conception. They go back nine months and they look. There's what's called prenatal astrology. That's not my specialty. Again, there's medical astrology. There's astrology that looks at the timing of markets for investments to make money. 
there's relation. I do relationship astrology where I take the birth charts of two individuals and I run a series of scans on their magnetics, on their energetic imprints that they both have. And I can see one person's planets drop into the chart of the other person. So I can see how this person influences this person in communication, emotional expression, artistic creativity, career potentials, home life, health. There's everything you can imagine because the horoscope is divided into 12 different sectors, which we call houses. And each house of the horoscope or the birth chart represents a different sector or area of your life. So for instance, we just had a solar eclipse in Libra on Saturday the 14th at 21 degrees Libra. So this eclipse fell in my seventh house of relationships and solar eclipses mark new beginnings, fresh starts and clean slates in that area of life. So guess what? The EFI or the eclipse field of influence can stretch many weeks or even months before the actual eclipse moment. And as the other planets come around the sky and transit across that eclipse degree, right on that eclipse point, they trigger more activity in the chart months and sometimes years after the eclipse. So for me, this eclipse signaled new relationships. And Neil and you are just two of many people I have just met in the last like month or two. So I saw it coming and I go, I'm going to go to this, this conference. I'm going to utilize this potential that I see coming in a solar eclipse. And I'm going to just network with all these amazing souls. And it came to pass. So astrology is a lot like a surfer waiting when a good point break wave comes in, they see that that swell coming, they get out there on their board and they paddle out and they position themselves to catch that wave. So in one sense, learning your chart is a lot like learning how to surf the planetary waves of energy. Oh, what an analogy. Is that pretty good? <laughs> well, John, so... You talked about a chart. So what is it? What is a chart? I'm surfing. I'm surfing with a chart. What is? What is a chart? Let me see here. This is a chart. Which one did I grab? Doesn't matter which one I grabbed. Um, this is what a chart looks like. See those? Okay, here, let me to the uninitiated, that looks like geometry. <laughs> A big part of astrology is geometry. It's the geometric angles. Okay, so the planets are the actors in the play. The signs that they're in, right? Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, and on around the wheel through Pisces and back to Aries. Those are the set designs. Those are the sets on the stage where the action takes place. And the angles form the geometry the geometry that's formed between all those different planets, yep. right? That's the dialogue that those archetypal energies are having with each other. Now, you mentioned at the top of the show about synchronicities. I wanted to tune in with Sarah for a minute. I was in, I was living in Australia for a year down under in 1994-95, and I happened to be in Byron Bay. That's where astrology discovered me. And so that's where I learned this language, this ancient symbolic language. Other symbolic languages are mathematics and music. So in my own life, I was at an international music festival when I was 15 years old 
with all these bands from around the world and we couldn't speak each other's languages. There were kids from Japan, from Italy, from France, from Germany. I couldn't speak, but we were all playing the same piece of music. And there was this conductor conducting this massive band with like 1500 musicians. And at the end of the, of the performance, we were all crying and hugging. We were so moved because we had transcended our cultural differences through this universal language of music. So similarly, just like mathematics, astrology is a symbolic language, like, like Egyptian hieroglyphics. The symbols have so much meaning, and each planet carries all these different meanings of what the planet represents. Then you get the houses, and then you get the signs of the zodiac around the outside, and then you dial in the geometry, the mathematical spatial relations between the planets, and they set up these harmonics as they orbit. And they form grids of energy that that influence us. And everybody knows on a full moon that that psych wards and jails and hospitals tend to be overbooked with people, right? On full moons, we know that. That's just one mundane example, but it just it's it's vast. It just goes on and on and on. So it's really cool. And I've been studying it for those thirty years since Australia in '94. Well, we were pleased to have you back then. We are pleased to have you now. <laughs> I, love that, I love that our viewers have shared that, you know, the way that you explain things is just so understandable. So thanks for joining us. Dylan, we appreciate you. And thanks for giving Jim some props. Neil. Oh, I just saw that. I had my glasses off. I couldn't see Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. Yeah. So everyone knows astrology is just a bunch of old men sitting in there and rolling dice and making stuff up. Because in order to have all of this knowledge, you must live in a mansion. Or is all of this now online and, and computer? Is computers helping you? Or do you have the dusty old tomes and the the the, the, the you have to go to the city library and pe pick up this ancient tome? Before, that's a great question, Neil. Before the advent of the personal computer, all astrology charts were calculated by hand using an ephemeris, which is like you said, a giant like reference manual with all the positions of all the planets for like a hundred years for every hour of every day of every week of every month of that hundred year time. And so they would get with their charts and they would use these things and they would construct the circle and they would extract the degree points of each planet. It took them forever. A good astrologer can cast a chart by hand in anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, depending on their skill. We're spoiled. I'm spoiled rotten. Now we have apps on our cell phone. We just punch in your birthday, the city where you were born, and the time you were born, and boop, it generates a beautiful chart. And then from there, we can, I use state-of-the-art, professional-grade astrology software which enables me to do all kinds of amazing things with a person's chart. So yes, in the old days, they did it by hand. People like Leonardo da Vinci, Galileo, and Benjamin Franklin, who's got his signature on the Declaration of Independence here in America, they were all very accomplished astrologers. In fact, President Teddy Roosevelt used to keep his horoscope, uh, his birth chart mounted on a chessboard in the Oval Office, and he used to consult it every day. And if you go far enough back in history, 
all the kings, all the prime ministers, the leaders, and even a lot of modern presidents had personal astrologers. Um, so they would consult the astrologer. Even today in India, when a child is born, the parents will have the chart drawn up and they'll have a, a professional astrologer look. The reason is they want to see what are the potentials of this child? What does this child, what, is, what are they bringing into the world? And if we can see what their destiny is, what their propensity is, what their natural gifts, talents, and resources are going to be, then we can support that child and not put up a bunch of blocks that they later have to heal through trauma therapy and all this other stuff. We've, we've become so separated from mother nature due to civilization. And I'm not, this is not a judgment or a criticism. This is an observation of historical fact that since the industrial revolution, humanity has disconnected ourselves from the natural world. And we work in factories. We work under artificial lights. We don't go to bed when the sun goes down anymore. We stay up and work all night. So the human form of life has been removed and right disassociated from those natural rhythms of mother nature. And so what astrology does, it's kind of like a timing belt on your engine. It keeps all the right the workings of the engine in time in sync it harmonizes all the parts so when you learn your chart like i did going to this conference i saw that eclipse coming and i took advantage of it knowing full well that it was in my seventh house of relationships and other planets were making aspects to my professional career point which is called the tenth house cusp or the midheaven and i saw all that coming and i go yes i'm going to step in and take advantage of these energetic potentials and maximize my life and it's it's a way to sidestep a lot of grief beautiful so if you'd like to build a new relationship with jim i know that it might be a good opportunity to reach out now and book an appointment to chat with him as you know he is the founder of stardust services and would love to help you to help yourself in the ways that he's just mentioned so jim have you got anything that you would like to offer to our audience today yeah, if you email me at my my um, email address through my website at stardusterservices.dosite.com and you mention this podcast, I'll give you a $25 discount off your new client reading. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, for, with 25 bucks, you can take a couple friends out to coffee or a croissant or, you know, buy them something nice. So, yeah. Celebrate those relationships. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. You bet. Thank you. Well, somehow we lost my co-host. Oh, well, we'll continue on. No worries. So, Jim, so astrology, what is what does it need? Like for let's say if I'm I'm, I know nothing about it and I'm intrigued. So what, what would be some of the initial questions that you would ask me just so that you could do what you now told me was a chart. So to build my chart, what sort of information would you need? I need your complete birth data. This is a great question. I need your birthday, like February, whatever, 19, whatever. And then I need the city where you were born. And hopefully you have your birth certificate or you have a family witness memory of your birth time because the earth is spinning so fast on its on its axis 
that every 15 minutes that goes by, the zodiac shifts a whole degree on the horizon. And so the birth time becomes critical, especially when I'm doing relationship compatibility between any two people, when I'm looking at their two charts, if the time is off, the houses don't intersect properly. And so I'm, I, I get a false read. Now, a lot of my clients come to me without the birth time. There are other, other dimensions of knowledge that I can fill in those gaps with. For instance, I can use numerology. I can use my knowledge of human design. And I can use things like the gene keys by one of my colleagues, Richard Rudd from the Wisdom Keepers Council. There's other ways I can work around that uh, time, not knowing the birth time. So that's not a disqualifier, but when it comes to those really intricate compatibility scans that I do for my relationship readings, the exact birth time is highly recommended. Wonderful. So you mentioned uh, something. So um, what, is new, what is numerology? What is a quick definition of numerology? I use the uh, Pythagorean numerology, which is the Pythagorean theorem. Remember that? The A squared plus B squared equals C squared, the hypotenuse and all that in geometry class. I only ever used that to figure out how many shingles I needed on a roof. <laughs> Finally, there's a practical application of geometry, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> I, like this, I like the life purpose system by someone that you know, Neil, Dan yeah. Millman. The, the author of the book, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, that later became the movie with Nick Nolte. He also wrote this fabulous book. Um, I have it somewhere in my other library, The Life You Were Born to Live. So I've studied that book for over 30 years. So what I do is I take all the single digits in your birthday, right? Like January 1st, 2000. One plus one is two plus two. That person is a four. Um, I'm a 303. When you add up all the digits in my birthday, you get a 30, and then three plus zero equals three. And just from that information, I can tell you all about your life, just from those numbers, because I've studied numerology for decades. So when a client doesn't know their exact birth time, I'll fill in those gaps with another ancillary system of knowledge to beef up the knowledge of the reading. I work around it. Cool. Nice. So, yeah. so say, for example, I knew the hour that I was born, but not the minute. Would you then substitute the numerology and sort of take away the hour? Is that how you would work that? No, we can still use the hour. If you can get it down to within one hour, then I can I can look. And if your rising sign is right on the cusp between, say, Cancer and Leo, a Cancer rising person is totally different than a Leo rising person. And I can ask you very simple, direct questions about how you express yourself, how certain situations make you feel. And I can tell right away what your rising sign is just by those questions. Then I can interpolate and I can say, ah, she's a Leo rising. Leo rising likes to be noticed. Leo rising likes to be the center of attention. They like creative self-expression. They tend to be dramatic, right? They go into the performing arts. They like to be noticed. Whereas a cancer rising person is more of a homebody. They're more interested in, in nurturing other people. They're like the mother, the mama bear, right? People I know who have a cancer rising. When I say cancer rising, it means the moment you were born, the constellation of cancer was rising on the eastern horizon. 
And the exact degree of that sign is what we call your ascendant. And I have an entire book. In fact, I have two books written just on the ascendant. So it's as astrology is as general and as broad or as specific and as exacting as you want it to be. You just got to do the work. And I've been doing this now 30 years. And after even 30 years, I'm a total novice. And I'm just now starting to get a hang of it because I know astrologers who can just like, you know, it's like they've been doing it for lifetimes. So it's it's an eternal academic discipline. It's an intuitive art. Um, it's an amazing system of self-realization. So I, I, I knew that. that sounds good to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I sent you uh, my birth date. So let's talk about Dan Mil Dan Millman stuff. So what was I at 20? I don't even you're, remember. You're 27.9, as I recall. That sounds right. And so for those that are listening, what is the 27.9? And this is just under one of the systems that Jim was talking about. And this is Dan Millman's the, uh, uh, book, uh, Life Purpose book. And so under his system, 27.9, what, what, what does that say about me? Okay. Can you guys see this 27 and 9? Yes. Okay. So basically the first third of your life, you know, when you were younger, you were working on the energy of two, which represents cooperation and balance. So when I see a two in the birth number, it means a person was used to getting their own way and being independent, being a lone wolf, kind of going off and doing their own thing. And they need to learn to get along with other people. So the two shows up and I know right away that, ah, this person's learning lessons of getting along within a family or a team environment. They need to harmonize their desires and their wishes with the wishes of the group. That's what the two represents. The seven is issues around trust. So I know lots of my friends and family have sevens in their birth number. Seven means they're they wait and see about certain things. They're not, they're not ready to dive in and commit with people. They're kind of, they can be suspicious. They can be skeptical. They don't trust, which there's no good or bad energies. They're just individual energies that get harmonized through the life. So seven is trust and openness. So they're learning to trust and have faith and open themselves up to life more. And the nine is definitely you, Neil. It's integrity and wisdom. So when we see a person working nine energy, it's all about doing the right thing, being real and saying what you feel, being free from hypocrisy and duplicity. In other words, meaning what you say and saying what you mean and being a person of your word. Integrity, right? And wisdom. You're naturally drawn to systems of understanding the human psyche you're interested in pursuing systems of thought about the principles that guide the entire spectrum of humanity. These, these principles are above religion and they're above politics and they're above the realm of business. These, these are principles kind of like Jedi Knight stuff. They're universal themes and archetypes that apply to all people in all places for all times, regardless of culture, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender orientation, these nine issues of integrity and wisdom 
are about those universal harmonizing principles that, that bring us all together. So that's you, 27.9, because the two plus the seven equals the nine. Thank so you. As you can see, I'm a 303, and three represents expression and sensitivity. So as a kid, I was always getting interrupted. My parents were always, not now, Jimmy, not now. I would go, I would get all excited to share something at the dinner table like this. They go, not now, wait. And I was always, Rrr. so it's like that frustration built up. So I became a high school teacher and a varsity football coach for my, so I, they had to listen to me. <laughs> See how you can see the arc of a person's evolution based on their childhood experiences with those numbers. So the three for me is I'm built to express. I'm built to communicate. I'm built to share information with people. I'm built to learn and share, inspire, motivate, and uplift people. I, I loved coaching varsity football. It was a blast. And after I started as a varsity football coach, I noticed I slept so much better at night because I was able to get all that energy out with those guys on the field, right? So it was like, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's beautiful because the two for me, I'm hoping one of my sisters is actually listening to to uh, today's podcast because I had two older older sisters that were as siblings. They weren't bullies, but two very dominant women and they wanted it their way so i had to learn to be because i wasn't a girl so i had to be my boy in boyhood and learn to uh stand up to my two older sisters and find a way way through it right but but it, but but that forced you to learn cooperation and balancing your needs with the needs of the family unit or the sibling unit because every relationship forms a unit whether it's in partner, business partner, colleagues, co-workers, parents, children, lovers, you know, there's so many different relationship units. And then those units have a chart all to themselves. I can take the birth chart of two individual people and combine them into a composite chart, which represents the energy of the relationship itself. And then I can run the planetary transits or the motions of the planets in real time over the relationship. And I can tell them when they're going to get their house, when they're going to have challenges in this different area and that different area based on the relationship energies. So we call that the composite chart. So again, that's where those birth times, those exact birth times off the birth certificate or family witness memory, those become vital because otherwise I'm getting a false reading. You know, I like to tell people astrology is a lot like medicine. You, you don't feel well, so you go see the doctor. And the doctor sits down and he says, so what are your symptoms? And you said, I have insomnia, I can't sleep, my back, there's lower back pain, and I'm burping up gas and this and that. And based on his experience, he correlates those symptoms with what he's learned in, or she, what they've learned in medical school. And sometimes if they don't know, They'll go to their manual real quick and they'll, it says here, that blah, 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 blah. and how's your diet? Okay, and are you drinking or smoking cigarettes? Okay, are you taking medication? And then they're correlating all this, right? And then they can come back with a diagnosis. Similarly, I can look at the chart and I can ask, I, I can say, oh, Venus just entered your seventh house. Have you recently met someone? 
how did you know? I just had lunch the other day and this guy started talking. I go, yep, Venus is on your seventh house cusp. That's the that's the significant relationship partner. Oh, Venus just entered your 10th house. Are you applying for a new job? How did you know? Because Venus, so it's, it's like symptoms versus what I've learned in the texts versus what I've studied over decades of experience reading hundreds and hundreds of charts. So I like to say that astrology is a lot like medical science in that sense of symptoms and common causes. In fact, in India, still to this day, physicians have to have a background in astrology before they get certified. All the great physicians in, in Vedic India were also great astrologers. All of them. Interesting. So, yeah, and it's coming back now. There's a lot of Western astrologers who are learning medical astrology. It's mind-blowing how accurate it is, predicting, pinpointing disease, uh, even injuries. It, it's, it's, it's mystical stuff. And to describe how it actually works in metaphysical terms, it really does border on the spiritual, mystical kind of Jedi Knight stuff. And I have to be careful to use the right words because some people can get triggered when you lose, if you use words that can be misconstrued as religious or dogmatic or deterministic, you know what I mean? Like, because a lot of people have bad experiences with those realms of human conduct. And so I've learned over decades to use words that resonate with people that, that open up possibilities for, for more accurate interpretations. Um, so you mentioned in the beginning, one of the other, uh modality that you can call upon is human dynamics what is you what is human dynamics oh human design yes sorry yes that's what it was yes yeah my wife joelle uh introduced me to human design a couple of years ago it's fascinating it's growing like wildfire all over the world human design is a system that combines the I Ching, the kabbalah metaphysics and primarily it relies on astrology, but it dials in those other wisdom traditions of human personality analysis and potential, right? And so for instance, there are four major types, reflectors, manifestors, generators, and projectors. And each one represents a different percentage of the population. When I found out that I'm a projector, and that my strategy is to wait for the invitation. It totally answered why all my attempts at marketing, promotions, and advertising never yielded any readings. In all my years as a professional astrologer, I've maybe gotten 1%. Just a tiny fraction of my clients have come from any flyers, any promotion. So when I learned human design that I'm a projector, that we have to wait to be invited in. In other words, someone has to recognize what we're offering and go, oh, I've heard about you. My friend got a reading from you and they were blown away. I would like a reading. And once I'm invited, then my, my talents kick in big time. But I just can't walk up to anybody and just foist, hey, you want a reading? It doesn't work that way. I have to, I have to wait to be invited. Like someone has to recognize what I do and, and that's why 99% of my clients have all come from word of mouth referrals because I'm a projector. So that's the human design. My wife's a generator. 
and the way she works and you read it down it's absolutely fascinating so again there's multiple systems of understanding ourselves there's multiple dynamic interactive systems of self-knowledge that exist today and we are on the cusp of the age of aquarius which means a more person-centered approach to understanding our place in the cosmos and it's a very exciting time it's awesome and even though i couldn't remember the name of human design my my friend rick who's been on our show says that i am a projector as well he's done my calculations and the role of the projector in the human society is to give advice. We're meant to be consultants, advisors, like, like a president. They have a panel of advisors. They have a defense advisor, they have economic advisors. They have, right? They have all these different advice because they can't th keep everything straight, the millions of things they deal with. So they have to turn to their various experts to get the latest update on Hey, so-and-so, what do you think we should do about this? Well, based on the data I've analyzed, I, sir, I think you should do that. So that's what the projector does. We're like, think of Merlin. Remember Merlin, the wizard with King Arthur in the round table and, and Excalibur and Camelot? Think of Gandalf, who gives advice to King Aragon. Think of Obi-Wan Kenobi, right, who gives advice to Luke Skywalker. These are projectors. They are the wisdom keepers. They are the advisors and the consultants that guide the society for the greater good, right? They, they're leading the society out of suffering and, and towards the concept of enlightenment and freedom from suffering. <laughs> That's what I do. Yes. I love it. I love it. If you are loving this and you would like to get in touch with Jim, you know what to do. Reach out to him. His details will be coming across your screen in a moment. And Jim has got a special offer for those who are watching today. Jim? If you reach out to me for your first new client reading, I will give you a $25 discount if you mention this podcast. We mentioned Sarah and Neil and, and Uplift which is what I love to do for people, is to uplift their situation. Love that. And on that, we'd love to know where you're joining us from. We've got people from all over the world who've been commenting. We appreciate you. But whether you're watching this live in replay, or in replay, I should say, let us know. We've got a lot of amazing humans popping in saying that they're a projector, they're a generator. Oh, so many people relating to this subject. Wonderful, wonderful. And hey, if you've got any questions for Jim, feel free to, to drop a link in or drop, drop something in and ask him a question. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to answer. So I don't remember because my, my friend Rick does did all of this work. So for human design, what what is the criteria? So let's say I want my human design done. So is it birth date again? Is it by uh, blood sample? What is it? What is it through? <laughs> It's basically the same thing as your birth, your birth chart. So they're going to ask you, there's a lot of free sites on the internet. You can just Google and search for human design. Um, they're going to want your birthday, the month, the day, the year, the city, and the time of birth. It's basically because human design primarily is extracting its layout of you from the astrological information. And then they're using uh, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, and metaphysical principles. So, yeah, same information as a birth chart. Okay, that's 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 wonderful. 
So now I, our viewers and our listeners can understand how it's easy for you to make these, if they don't have their exact time of birth, how it all coalesces together that you can help build a greater um, chart for them when you have multiple tools in, in, your, uh, in your toolbox. It's... Again, I come up with the analogy of medic medicine of, of, of a physician or a doctor. They take your blood pressure, they take your pulse, they take your blood samples, they run blood tests, they wait, they have you step up on a scale. Uh, sometimes they'll have they'll check your uh, oxygen content with a little thing that fits on the end of your finger. Then they start asking you questions. So that what they're doing is they're drawing samples of you from many different levels of understanding from the circulatory system, the respiratory system, the digestive system. Oh, you're constipated. Have you been drinking enough water? Have you been getting enough fiber? Have you been moving your body, you know? So are you taking certain medications that we know slow down the digestive eliminatory processes? So astrology is the same way. If, if I'm missing the birth time, I can plug in other systems to fill out the picture of you, the astrology of you. And I do it all the time. In fact, I was at a wedding many, many years ago out in the boonies uh, in Idaho. It was a wedding of some dear friends of mine. And they said, hey, can you do astrology readings for the guests at the wedding? It was, it was right after the wedding ceremony. It was getting dark. And I said, I have no Internet connection out here, but I can do their numerology if they just know their birthday. So I sat down at a picnic bench with some candles and I said, when's your birthday? Boom, 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 boom. And I used that that um dan millman system the life purposes and i gave readings all night and i think i made like 300 dollars in tips <laughs> just, just going off the numbers so i if, if, if nothing else i can just do numerology reading if i know your north node if i know just the position of your north node which is what we call the axis of destiny it goes from the south node which is what you're starting with in this life and it goes across the chart to the north node, which is where your life path is taking you. If I know the signs those are in, I can do a reading off that. It's amazing because there's so much knowledge that's packed into every single symbol in the chart. Like, I'll just give you an example. I'm an Aries rising. And Aries is ruled by Mars, the planet of action, the, the planet of taking the initiative of raw passion and enthusiasm so in football i played the center so aries is the sign that initiates things and mars is taking action so every play of our football game started with my hand i was the first person to touch the ball and i would snap it to the quarterback and then he would take it and hit someone with a pass or hand it off to the running back but i started every play in true aries fashion my mom says that when I was born, I had these veins on my forehead when I emerged. That's the symbol for Aries the Ram. I grew up in Los Angeles. I was born in 1965. The team of LA back then was the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, Aries Ram. And the quarterback was Roman Gabriel. Gabriel's horn, right? The walls of Jericho. So it's like everything about my life is in my chart. And if you study anyone's life in any detail whatsoever, 
you'll start to see all these patterns, like numbers that keep popping up in their life. Like, how come I always three se see 773 or 111? Or I always see the number 56, or right? And all our addresses all, growing up as a kid all equaled the same number. Why is that? And how come my passport number equals that same number? And why do I love the color blue so much? And how come I don't like spaghetti? And, and you look at the chart. It's all in the chart, everything. And, and there's so many systems of analysis. I'm just getting a handle on it. But you can, like in my chart, you can see my three older sisters in the chart. And you can see each personality of those sisters in those planets in my chart. You can see my father. You can see my mother. You can do a thing we call turning the wheel. And you can, you can see your grandparents in your chart, your uncles and aunts and your cousins. And it's, it's all everything. Okay. The reason it's so complete is because there's something in life called holographic, holistic, right? In the whole or all the parts. And in each part is the whole. And science is now discovering the same principle when they take the DNA out of a sap sample on a tree that's been there since the Paleocene, Pleistocene era. They can withdraw the DNA out of there and they can get the genome of those animals that lived thousands of years ago. That was what the Jurassic Park movie was all about. Remember that movie? Yeah. So this is an example of holographic understanding that our bodies are literally made up of the elements that come out of stars. And so we're made up of the light. Light carries information, right? Binary, the digital zeros and ones in the computer language, binary on off in the, the human mind does the same thing. The computer was modeled after the way the mind thinks. In Sanskrit, it's called Vikapa Sankalpa, accepting and rejecting. So if you look at a motherboard inside a computer, and you look at the electrons shooting through that processing chip, it's a series of on off, accept, reject, accept, reject. And this is the oscillation of the human mind, which sets up polarities and dualities, which you know from our accelerated evolution practices, that we're trying to neutralize these polarities and come into the stillness, the center point, right? The balance. Libra, we just had a Libra solar eclipse. It's all about finding balance. We don't want too much of this. We don't want too much of that, right? You see the world split into these polarities, these dualities of Republican, Democrat, pro-life, pro-choice, pro-guns, no guns, open the border, build a wall, us versus them, capitalism versus communism, Palestine versus Israel. All the world's problems are because people become identified with temporary phenomena and they think it's their fault. We got to go kill them. It's us versus them. Well, guess what? An eye for an eye makes everybody blind. We can't see. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to transcend these dualities to the plane of wisdom. Because wisdom has nothing to do with religion. Wisdom has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with universal principles of which we are all a part. So I've got a question then. You, you've mentioned you've mentioned that you know, astrology is like medicalness. <laughs> Lost the word then. <laughs> um, how open to 
interpretation is it? Because we've obviously, you know, seen star signs in, in newspapers and magazines and that sort of thing. Um, doctors, obviously, if you see one person, might give you a, a similar or, or the same or even a different diagnosis to somebody else you've gone to with the same symptoms. So for you, how open to interpretation is it? The best readings I have found in my 30 years of reading charts, the best readings always happen when the client or the person or the friend or the family member really, really, really wants to know something. There's a burning curiosity. There's a desire to know. There's a desire to learn about themselves. Like they're at a crossroads. They don't so know their one next particular step. thing. It doesn't matter what the thing is. It's just like an accelerated evolution that Neil and I do. The issue is not the principle. It's your subjective experience of what's going on that really is. It's the polarity that's set up in your mind. But I have found that when my clients are really enthusiastic and curious to know about themselves and they want to get an answer to something that's really got them stuck in their life, and so they're naturally open to suggestions. They're like, I've tried this, I've tried that, nothing works. And now I'm coming to you. What do you see? Tell me, I wanna know, I wanna get to the bottom of this. And the three general things that people usually come to me are, relationships are the biggest one, career and finances are the next, and health is the, is the last. But Usually it's that they have a relationship dynamic going on with another person. They want to figure that out. And so I can read them individually. And then sometimes they'll come back with their partner and I'll do a relationship compatibility reading. And it just, it turns their whole, it turns the relationship in a whole new direction because they realize, oh, that's how you hear me. When I say this, you hear that. Yeah, oh, I, I didn't know that. Well, now that I know that I can communicate to the way you hear me and I can get effective transference of communication. And as soon as people start communicating clearly, their hearts open up, the barriers drop, the resistance, you know, the defense mechanisms we all carry, the, the armor plating over our hearts melts away and they can actually feel the warmth of that affection and that love and that concern. We get all that static out of the way. I mean, 90% of problems are, are a breakdown in communication. Yes, Jim. And if you would just do it my way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got people who are absolutely loving this conversation and a past guest who's been popping these amazing comments in. Thanks for joining us today, Michelle, and everybody else who is joining us. If anybody has any questions for Jim, please feel free to drop them in. We've got about 10 minutes left of this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Well, what we didn't do last time, and it would have been so powerful, was to have Michelle do a reading and share, just like Jim shared. So I'm sorry, Michelle. We'll have to have her back on the show. <laughs> and just like we'll have to have Jim back on the show. Anyways, so so we've done so enneagrams. Do you use enneagrams? Many people know about enneagrams, but do you use them? My wife has studied the enneagram system a little more than I have. All I know is I'm a number six in the enneagram, and I think I have a seven wing. Uh, I haven't. 
I haven't dove into it. She has more than me. Um, but it, again, I use the analogy of a jewel and a gemstone or a jewel, which happens to be where this eclipse was. It was in the nakshastra, nakshatra of Vedic astrology of the star Spica, which is the shining jewel. And every jewel has many, many facets on it, right? You know how a jeweler will cut facets on a gem and you turn that facet, you turn that gemstone and it reflects the light off those beautifully cut facets, right? Well, life is one complete whole and numerology is one facet. Astrology is another facet. Human design is another facet, which itself is composed of four main facets. So you just keep adding these facets and the more beautiful cuts on a diamond or a ruby or an emerald or a sapphire, the more beautiful it becomes. This is where the concept of unity and diversity comes from. I've been blessed all my life to travel the world many, many times. And I've been all I've worked overseas. I've lived overseas. I've studied overseas. I've been all over the world and everywhere I go despite all the differences of language and cuisine and culture and traditions and religions and right and holidays, everyone is the same because the two most important needs that every person has, despite all these differences is two major things. It's not a want either. It's not a desire. It's an actual need. Just like we need water to drink and chocolate to eat especially dark chocolate it's a need it's a need and the need is the greatest need of every living being is to love and be loved without fear that is the number one impulse that drives us forward in our evolution we're searching for love we want to give love and we want to receive love without all the fear in between and that's the greatest challenge of the modern day because of so many different factors. We don't have time to go into them. But I go into each reading knowing that. Doesn't matter where your Venus or your Pluto or your Mars is and what aspects they're forming with each other. I already know what you want. You want to love and be loved without fear. I don't say that, but I go in because that's what I want too. I want to open my heart and just love people I just want to love people and I do love people <laughs> and I'm fortunate because I've traveled so many times around the world, everywhere I go, I just fall in love with people because they're beautiful and we're all, it's like a little mirror that reflects the light of the sun. Every, and, you can reflect. And I can the, say that Jim does truly fall in love. We, we went out for a meal, Jim and his beautiful wife and I went out for a meal and he was so excited to, to introduce me to this this restaurant we the and the owner and oh my goodness yes jim fell in love with her but she was so she was so easy to love she was an incredible um she was a heart-based entrepreneur that only wanted the best for her customers if we could have given a, out of a five-star review on google I know I would have given her a 20 star review just because of the love and admiration and the detail that she gave for service and her staff. It was phenomenal. It, it, she was from Vietnam. Her name was Anna. 
It was Mai's restaurant in Langley, British Columbia. We, we, we went back like four times because of the love in that restaurant. She was beaming. She, she brought us out her special dish. She gave us free samples. I just made this just for you. Try, try. Do you like? Do you like? Oh, my God. This is the best food I've here. And they bring out big plates of it. Here, have some more. It's like, oh, my God. This is what we're talking about. Everyone just wants to connect. And it's, it's so tragic and so sad to see what's happening. But it's been going on since time immemorial. So I also make space in my heart that this is where people are in their evolutionary journey. These are the lessons they're learning on a collective scale. There are places in the world where this revenge keeps going back and forth. Even in America to this day, we have a black white thing. We have a North South thing. There's still a Southern Northern vibe in this country all the way back to the civil war. It's still there and it has to work. It's almost like an infection. Like in high school, I used to get these terrible acne and I had to, you know, get it out. And then it clears up once it's out, you know. So it has, these things have to come up and be worked through. And we hold space with love and compassion and patience and tolerance. Just everyone's right where they're supposed to be because we are sovereign beings with choice. We have free will, but we have to be empowered too. We have to be reminded. So that's why we need role models and, and, and thought leaders and influencers and guides and mentors and teachers and yoga instructors. We need. Thank you, Jim. And I need to interrupt you because we are running out of time. I do not want to interrupt you. And it's, but yeah. So I would like to leave us with if any, if you have, if you were a returning client to Jim, go back and get another reading. If you were a first time client, go take the $25 discount and get a reading and share some of uh, Jim's enthusiasm for life. I was blessed to be part of a workshop with him and then spend time afterwards with it. So I would like to leave with whatever you do, follow your passions, follow your heart, because you are totally worth it. And know that you are loved and respected. Jim, is there anything you would like to leave our viewers and listeners, whether live on replay with? You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And we don't know how much time we have left in this life. We don't know how many breaths we have left to take. So live each day fully. Be real, say what you feel, give people the benefit of the doubt, develop patience and tolerance and love, and just be yourself because you're the only one qualified. Besides, oh. everyone else is already taken. <laughs> right, yeah, and everyone is unique, just like everybody else. So if you've got anything that you would like to add to this conversation we welcome you to add some comments in the replay and know that we love and care about you our beautiful listeners and audience so we look forward to hearing about your conversations that you're having this week and we will see you next time and i know that the conversation about enneagrams is going to continue off screen okay crystal we will get back to you until next time we'll take care and design the life you deserve you're worth it <laughs>